Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 199. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. I think about it every night and day. Hey, where'd the beat go? Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he was once in a steel drum band, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is session 199 of the SPI podcast. We are one episode away from episode 200. How awesome is that? I mean, a lot of you have been here since the beginning, and whether this is your first episode or you've been with me forever, just thank you guys so much for all the support, and uh, especially in regards to Will It Fly, this book that I just came out with this week. is called Will It Fly? How to Test Your Next Business Idea So You Don't Waste Your Time and Money, and I'm really excited not just because of the way the book's been going and just what you guys are saying about it, but also because I'm here today with a number of my team members who have helped shape and and put together this book, not, not just the book itself and the manuscript, actually. We're, we're not even gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about the marketing of this book and all that was kind of in and around the manuscript, all the other stuff in addition to the actual words of the book that had to happen in order to make this all happen. And so for those of you who haven't checked it out yet, you can see the book and check it out at willitflybook.com. Again, that's willitflybook.com. And I'm super happy to be joined by my team today. So, you know, the interview is there with with uh, three other team members. They're gonna introduce themselves and, and you'll hear all about them and their roles and all the things we had to do, a lot of the stuff that we cut out uh, in terms of marketing and plans that we had that, that aren't happening anymore and you know all this other stuff. So let's get right into it. You're gonna hear a lot of tools, a lot of strategies, a lot of advice for marketing, not just books, what, but anything that you're coming out with. So uh, pay attention and um, here's my team. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining me today. And I am actually joined by three other people on this particular podcast episode, three of my amazing team members uh, who are helping me with the promotion, the marketing, the putting together of Will It Fly? And uh, so I'm happy to introduce Matt, Jenna, and Elise to the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you uh, all for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks, Pat. 
Thanks. So Matt, let's start with you. I mean, I want to have everybody kind of introduce themselves really quick uh, to talk about their role and what they've done for not only uh, Will It Fly, but also just SPI in general, because you've all been working for me for for a little bit now. Uh, and Matt, you more than anybody and, and longer than anybody. And everybody's gotten to know you a little bit in episode 138, which if you haven't heard that, I highly recommend you check it out. It was actually a different kind of episode than than all the other ones that I have. It's very NPR style, startup, um, serial style, no murders involved, but uh, it, it definitely was getting into the heads of, of who you guys were. And so, Matt, uh, why don't you just reintroduce yourself and your role in SPI and, and specifically for Will It Fly? Yeah, thank you, Pat. Uh, I am the executive producer. We've been working together for a long time. Uh, Jenna, Elise, other members uh, of the team that aren't on the show today, Mindy and others, uh, we work really hard on uh, and are grateful to work on Pat, a, a lot of the productions uh, that we put out for you. So wh- whether it's the consistent editorial stuff that we do, uh, working on the website even, uh, that is uh, a lot of us. We like being behind the scenes. And and as it pertains to Will It Fly, you know, this is one of the, the great new projects that we've been working on. And it's fun that you actually referenced that old episode uh, that we did uh, kind of on the heels of your visit here to Columbus. Because at the end of that episode, you sort of teased the idea of writing yeah. a big featured book. <laughs> So, about that. you know, kind of thinking back to it, it's like, man, you know, we, we've worked really hard to kind of get to this point. Uh, it's been a little more than a year now since that, uh, I think that episode came out or at least since your visit here in Columbus. So just to kind of see it play forward and, and, and live it now. And, and we're on the cusp of actually launching this thing. It's really, yeah, exciting. gosh, I, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, at the end of that, it was, a um, I had set a goal to figure out what the book I was going to write by the end of 2014. And then in 2015, that was all the production, which you've obviously helped on. Um, and we first got connected, actually, with the first book that I wrote, Let Go. With the first book, right. And yeah. uh, you were simply true. doing the editing on that. And we've since worked together on so many other things. And uh, you and I are also partners on SPI Labs for Smart Podcast Player. And we've just done so much together. And I can't thank you enough for you know what you've done to organize my brain and actually help me execute on the things that uh, you know the visions that I have and stuff. So I'm I'm very happy to have you here. Um, I also want to uh, introduce Jana, who a lot of you have heard of recently. Um, she's the one who cracks the whip on the editorial calendar <laughs> and making sure you knew I was going to put that in there, Jana. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but she's been doing a great job of making sure that um, the team and myself, uh, especially stay up to date and on schedule and on task with uh, primarily the editorial calendars. So she's the reason why you've been seeing more consistency, especially in the blog posts, but also the podcasts and SPI TV. And you know, she's also helped from a strategic point of view with wrapping all of our heads around, you know, where are we going and why and what content would support all that. So uh, Jana, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here and talk a little bit more about your role and kind of what it's been like to uh, kind of come into the team very recently. Thanks. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, um, definitely cracking the whip. It's like a loving, teasing, mocking term for what I do with um, project management in terms of setting the schedule, setting the deadline, and then just being the taskmaster, kind of making sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing, checking in when things fall through the cracks. And I came onto the team I would say midpoint last year, like June or July, and had been working with Matt for a couple of years before that. And he thought I would be a good fit for the SPI team to help streamline and help um, align across all the different platforms, the channels that you're using, blog, podcasts, SPI TV, and um, 
just kind of keeping things on track. Yeah. And you've been doing an amazing job. And, you know, for me, I've learned that I need somebody on the other end to hold me accountable. You know, I, I remember back when I was in architecture, you know, I was a great employee. I don't think I would ever go back to doing anything like that. I would, I'm always going to be continuing to work for myself, but I've, I still find that, you know, a lot of what motivates me to get things done is having other people who are in charge of things, tell me what to do. And so Jana, you've been instrumental uh, in, in that regard. And, you know, I think it all obviously transpires into content that people consume on all the different platforms. So thank you for that. And, you know, I can't help but, but also want to thank uh, some of the tools that we use to make the success of the team happen. And, and uh, I know you've been very big on helping organize the team using co-schedule. And um, yes, that's, that's been massive for us, right? Yes, absolutely. We love that thing. <laughs> yeah. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes and stuff. But uh, last but not least, um, definitely is Elise, who's uh, also come on board to help with a number of different things too. And, and now uh, more recently, the stuff for Will It Fly. So Elise, why don't you introduce yourself and, and your role for SPI? Uh, and then um, it would be a great way to lead into Will It Fly as well. Sure. So I do content management for Team Flynn. I've been working as sort of Jana's right-hand lady for Will It Fly, uh, getting the word out about the book launch and also planning some cool stuff for launch day so that uh, the the day of the launch really, really gets pulled off with a bang. Yeah, and you've been great. I mean, with keeping track of everything in terms of the interviews that we're doing and also, also the launch party, which is happening on February 1st. Uh, so look out for that, guys, um, and or, or happened on on February first. I can't even. I don't even know when is this episode going live. I can't. I can't even think right now. Um, that's a, that's a question for Jenna. <laughs> yeah, it's actually February third <laughs> after the launch. Okay, day. good to know. See, guys, we we record in advance, which is good, but you should probably know when these are going live so you can reference things properly. So that's my bad. Uh, but yeah, this will have gone out right after launch party, right after the launch, and you know it'll be interesting because by the time this comes out we will have some knowledge about how well the book has done and uh, how well received it's been. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it's going to do very well. And I definitely have you guys to thank for that. So let's let's get into the planning of 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 this book uh, in terms of the marketing, because that's what that's what I want to focus on. I mean, we could talk a lot about the production and the writing process and all of you have familiarity with with that. And uh, but but let's get into the marketing. So, you know, even before the book was done, we thought a lot about how this book was going to be shared with the world. And one of the first things we had to do was figure out, okay, the schedule. And so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, all that comes with a book beyond the manuscript because, you know, writing a book is a challenge in and of itself. But then what happens afterwards and everything that happens around it is is something that a lot of people don't even quite under understand so so matt would you be able to speak to just helping people understand all that's involved with launching a book not just writing it yeah it's it's a it's a great point that i think as more authors are excited about exploring self-publishing or some variant of maybe hybrid publishing uh something that's just not traditional right mm -hmm. uh i think you know as they get into that ecosystem and you know what goes on, uh, there's a lot of things that are that are unknown. Uh, I guess to your your maybe for your average first time author, you have to think about not only the manuscript. You need to be thinking about the front matter and the back matter. Uh, you know of what your is book. that? Uh, right, uh, and th that's often a you know a question that, that we <laughs> I didn't get even asked know what that was. <laughs> so, 
So, so the front matter are all of you know the pages that occur in the front of the book before the book really starts. So that could be a preface, that could be a foreword. It's the copyright page, the title page. Uh, it could be a page of blurbs. It could be a page of uh, related work. It could be some marketing pages. Uh, there are some you can say standards, certainly, uh, and definitely in a traditional sense. But what's fun and what, you know, Pat, you and I worked on and what we've worked on even for, for other authors is that when you do have an opportunity to retain creative control and build a book the way that you want to and not necessarily be beholden to, you know, a traditional process, then you can have some fun with it. You can do things that maybe a traditional publisher wouldn't allow or wouldn't want to do. You can actually put a marketing page in your front matter. That's probably a no-no in a traditional sense, Right. right? Uh, and then the back matter are just the pages that come, you know, after the book is really ended. So that's your acknowledgments page. That is, hey, here are all the resources I mentioned in the book organized in, a, in, in an easy fashion that you can easily go reference things. That could be like, hey, I have a companion course to this book. If you really want to get serious about these concepts, you know, go to this URL and I'll invite you into my companion course. And being able to think really holistically about the entire sort of product, you know, a book as a product. You know, uh, the, the initial thinking, and rightly so, is on the manuscript piece. It's the actual book, but you also need to extend your thinking as hopefully a good entrepreneur and really look at your book as a product. Right, and in doing so, of course, there's a lot of things that have to happen by certain time periods uh, for, for all that stuff. And, you know, you had mentioned the companion course, and Will It Fly does come with a companion course, and I kind of took charge on that because, you know, I discovered the platform I wanted to use to promote that or to actually uh, create that, and that's uh, teachable.com is what we're using to house all that information, extra bonus videos and worksheets to download and extra content and whatnot. But, you know, that adds a whole nother component. Everything that you add to the book adds a whole nother kind of thing, like a hours of work potentially. Um, and, and so in terms of the schedule, Jana, I'd love to talk to you about this because I remember back, I can't even remember how many months ago, um, you had created a spreadsheet for us that gave us three different scenarios based on different launch dates of the book. And so how was that put together? Was that based on what we had discussed as potential launch dates? And then you kind of work backwards from there. And in terms of working backwards, what's all what's all included with that? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely always look at the end goal first. So we had talked about a couple different options for launch dates. Pat, you originally were kind of thinking maybe around your birthday, which is early December. Yeah, not gonna happen. And, <laughs> and so, you know, I worked up these production schedules looking at, okay, if that's the target date, working backwards from that, what happens right before launch? Well, the different formats have to be completed right before that would be like the finishing of copy editing right before that would be your second round of developmental edits and just continuing to work backwards. Mm -hmm. And the original schedule with the earlier launch date was like super compressed and really tight and turning around some of those editing components and formatting components was pretty unrealistic. So that's when we started talking about, okay, what if we did an early 2016 launch, like maybe beginning of January, beginning of February, what's the best option for our team and what's realistic for us to accomplish and what makes sense for you and what else you have going on with the business in terms of um, like a date that we can really all kind of rally around mm -hmm. January 1st, February 1st, what makes the most sense and we landed on February 1st. Yeah, and it was so important to do that because, you know, like I said, there's a lot of components of this and if you just pick a date and shoot for that, 
Um, if you don't work backwards and see all the other things and, you know, each of those things have other people involved, you know, getting other copy editors and they have a certain time period. And unless you understand all those things that have to happen, uh, you're most likely going to be let down. And I think if we just picked a date and, and said, okay, let's, let's shoot for this, you know, we would kind of take that waterfall effect where you kind of, you know, you try one, you, you know, you do one thing and, and then until that's complete, you do the next thing. And then until that's complete, you do the next thing. But we've, um, you know, that linear approach. But because of this, we've been able to do a lot of things at the same time, uh, which has, you know, helped us compress the schedule a little bit more, get even more done within that time period. Um, and then one of the, one of the things that we also had to figure out, and at least I want to talk to you about this, is uh, the scheduling and and the connections with other influencers. You know, one of the best ways to promote a book is to uh, tap into your community, into your network, and have them see if there was any way, uh, shape, or form that they could help promote the book, whether through guest uh guest appearances on podcasts and and blog posts guest posts that type of thing uh or also just a social media plug so um, can you tell everybody how we were able to kind of properly manage this because if you're reaching out to a lot of people that's a lot of uh you know a lot of things to think about so how, how are we able to organize this and, and what was the process like Right. Well, we uh, we had a couple of great tools that we were able to use to make the uh, the scheduling of all of that as simple as possible. You know, we're already asking uh, a favor, a favor that most of the um, most people were very excited to do. Uh, but you want to make it as easy as possible for people to get on board, help you promote your book. Uh, so part of that was we used uh, we used Calendly, which is a calendar tool that uh, syncs with people's Google, Google Calendar. So you're not asking people to buy into some sort of new scheduling system. Uh, you make it as easy as possible for them to say, yes, I want to help you out. Uh, here's the date that we're, uh, here's, the, here's the date that we've set up. We're ready to do this. We sent them a media kit that has uh, everything that we, they would need to know about the book. Um, even though the book may not have been uh, fully edited, you know, it's not, it's not a finished manuscript that we, that we send them, uh, we give them uh, enough information to get them excited, to tease the content of the book, everything that they would need to get excited about having you on their podcast, to having you guest blog for them, things like that. So those were all the things that we uh, that we sent out to those uh, to those folks that we wanted to uh, that we wanted to have on our team to promote the book launch and. Um, Something that people always always say is that you, you'd be surprised at how many people want to help you out with this. You know, we had we set a we set a goal for how many uh, how many podcasts we wanted to uh, we wanted to get you on to promote your book, and we surpassed that goal, which is really exciting and really just shows you that um, that people really do want to rally around you and help you out and get this. Uh, if they love the book, they're going to be all the more excited to uh, to help you get it out in the world. Definitely, definitely. And, and you and, and Jana both have been instrumental in terms of organizing the reach out. And, um, you know, I, I uh, wanted to reach out myself. I mean, it, it could be that you could have an assistant, for example. I could have had Jessica reach out to people. But because it's such a personal favor, you know, you want to make sure you do it yourself. So I made sure to do that. For some people, I even took the time to do videos, although I found that I wasn't able to, in enough time, streamline that process as, as much as I wanted to. So you know, the first round of people I asked, I did through video, personalized videos. Um, the second round, it was through personalized just emails. Um, but but I did make them all different and, and, and you know, unique. I didn't want to cookie cutter that um, because I wanted them to say yes. And I wanted to show them that I cared. And um, so that worked really well. But I always CC uh, you guys on that, on those emails and then mention that, you know, you would be working with them to schedule 
And if there were any scheduled conflicts uh, that you guys would help take care of that, which has been great and was able to keep my mind on, you know, because of that, I was able to keep my mind on, on other things. Um, even though that's not always possible for a lot of people, what also really helped uh, me in the reach out process uh, and all of us too, I'm sure, is is the Excel file we created. We actually created an Excel file that listed everybody we reached out to, who we sent an email to, and then we would mark when we got a response back and if they said yes or no. And that was really helpful as well for keeping track because once you send out even just like 10 requests, it's hard to organize and you forget. And, you know, sometimes you just need to follow up with people who don't reply. And, you know, as I say in the book, you know, the fortunes and the follow-up uh, for a lot of these things. So, you know, you want to make sure you follow up with people if they don't reply and some people just forget or they just don't see it or, or whatever. So that's been really helpful too. And, uh, you know, in terms of, of the, the podcasts itself and the scheduling, Calendly has been huge for us to automate that process. But also it's really cool because I chose that I chose to have my interviews for the book specifically on either Tuesday or Thursday, and that's it. And that's what people would see to get access to in Calendly. And so it just make, it made it really easy. Um, let, let's also talk about some of the things we wanted to do to help promote the book, Matt. Uh, this is something that is traditionally more done with traditional books. And of course, like I mentioned in episode 197, uh, which if you haven't heard, it's, it goes into the reasons why I wrote this book and why I chose to go self-publish and stuff. Um, but like you said, you have a lot more freedom when you go self-publish. And with traditional books, a lot of people, when they try to get on the New York Times bestseller list, you know, they try to uh, pump as many sales as possible. One of the tactics to do that is to do uh, pre-bundle sales, um, you know, getting people to purchase early and have them get access to certain bonus materials, um, you know, if they were to buy more than one, for example. So, Matt, can you speak to the bundle uh, strategy and why that works and kind of what, what some of the ins and outs of that are? Yeah, absolutely. It's a fun talking point. It's it's a fun strategy that a lot of authors, particularly nonfiction authors, are are doing these days. Uh, we're seeing more and more of that just in the industry. Uh, I know that one of our good friends, Steve Cam, just recently did that with his mm -hmm. book. Uh, Tim Ferriss has probably sort of put it on the map uh, bigger than anyone else. Though I think in in recent terms, uh, you had Lewis House, I think, uh, Pat on the show recently. He did a really big kind of. Uh, pre-launch uh, bundle campaign for his big mm -hmm. book. And and you're right to say that uh, it's an opportunity to foster engagement. It's a little more aligned to traditional books because uh, the way that Amazon works, and this is something that, you know, that Pat, you and I and the team, you know, we discussed at length, is that uh, you, it's limited to hard copies, uh, at least more traditionally it's limited to hard copy purchases. In terms of the, the bundles, uh, because you can't in terms of order bundles, more than one right. Kindle copy. Precisely. Um, your Amazon account is linked to, you know, basically one digital address. Uh, and then if you purchase Kindle, it'll push to your, your Kindle device. And that's, that's kind of it. Whereas certainly if you're purchasing one book or three or five or a hundred in the, in the physical sense, you know, you can do that very, very easily. So for those authors that do have a traditional deal and are pushing for a New York times, uh, opportunity to, to hit that list, so much of it is predicated on the volume of books that are sold uh, either on launch day and sort of within the first two weeks is sort of sort of that that critical time frame. Uh, and the closer uh, you can kind of stack some of those those sales uh, on launch day or within even the first kind of 72 hours, you know, that that's really important. And that's kind of where the, the whole bundle approach kind of was born from it was trying to move a lot of books in the pre-order capacity, because uh, when it comes to reporting those numbers, uh, the pre-orders kind of all stack up. Uh, and then all kind of hit uh, or run, if you will, on launch day. So we worked really hard to kind of structure uh, structure a program for us uh, and, and Pat, for, for your audience, certainly, uh, that didn't just 
aim for New York Times bestseller list because we just want to put a, a good quality product out there and you care more about the impact it has than necessarily per se like a vanity goal. But we, we still wanted to offer this because it's fun to do and it adds value. So we're excited to roll out uh, and did roll out you know, a number of bundles that uh, add more exposure and insight into, into the knowledge of the books through like webinars and things. I had an opportunity to kind of pay it forward. Uh, which is, you know, consistent with what I think a lot of the book uh, aspires to uh, to do uh, and to evangelize. So it was it was fun to kind of structure that. Know your costs, though. If you are uh, putting in like t- you know T-shirts, limited edition T-shirts, or anything that would require sort of production and fulfillment, uh, you know, there's costs associated to that. And that's another element, Pat, that you know we've spent a lot of time talking about. And I do think that some maybe first-time authors that want to replicate a lot of this marketing strategy uh, may not be fully aware of. And I think it's an important point to emphasize. Yeah, I mean, it sort of reminds me of, of Kickstarter, you know, when people pay and pledge ahead of time to get access to, you know, not only the product that people are creating for typically a discounted price, but um, to certain goods that they get as a result of a you know kind of a reward at that price level, and um, I, I know personally a lot of people who have set up Kickstarter campaigns and their campaigns do really well, but then with the fulfillment of all those all those rewards, they end up losing money or just because they haven't been smart about it. Uh, so definitely definitely consider your numbers and you know the the pre bundle stuff. You know, was uh, I, I had wish I was able to do it to everybody in terms of Kindle, but it just didn't make sense because you can only get one. Kindle copy. And so it was for people who wanted to get physical books, who potentially wanted to get more to be able to share. And I wanted to give those people uh, a, a reward because of that. And of course, you know, you had mentioned, you know, vanity goals. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I want to be at the top, of course. And uh, even though the book at this point isn't qualified for New York Times because it's uh, self published and not distributed in stores yet. Um, there is a potential that that will happen. But New York Times wasn't the main goal here. So I didn't want to just uh, do things like that. And, you know, a lot of people who are on the New York Times bestseller list, I know some of them who just, you know, they ended up purchasing it because, you know, you, you could pretty much buy your way there and with certain strategies. And, you know, this this one I wanted to launch on my own as my own and uh, potentially use that as leverage for, you know, book deals down the road if I do go traditional or some sort of hybrid model uh, down the road. Now, speaking of of more books, uh, you know, this is this is the first, you know, part of the overall marketing strategy, not just with Will It Fly, but with SPI, is that this is going to be sort of the foundational book. I talked about this in episode one ninety seven. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a non threatening introduction, uh, fun introduction, low entry to what online business is, how it can help you, and and what your ideas might be, and how they might fly or not. And uh, this is going to be the start of a series of things that are happening on SPI. Uh, and I'm really excited because in a month or two, you're going to see a new redesign of the Smart Passive Income blog, which, Matt, I know you're heading with uh, the team over at rocketcode.io to to put together. And it's going to be amazing. You guys are going to be blown away. Um, but beyond that, the courses and future books that are coming down the road that uh, kind of everything just leads into the next. And so I'm really excited. But we had also had some maybe a little bit too much ambition um, when we had created this sort of overall plan. So, Jana, do you want to speak to kind of what my initial goals were and then how we kind of pulled back from that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, you were still kind of in the process of writing Will It Fly, finishing it up, and you were super ambitious. You were like, okay, 2016, I want to do one book, one course, like every other month, release a book and then release a course and then release a book and then release a course. And so I started working up a production schedule for you. 
um, using trusty um, Google Doc spreadsheet. And that schedule was just pretty insane in terms of like your writing and team production. So you would essentially have been writing a new book while trying to edit and revise one book while trying to produce the course for the book (laughs) that was being released. It was just, it was crazy. (laughs) So we definitely pulled back, scaled back and decided, okay, a more realistic goal, especially now that we have gotten into the production and marketing of will it fly and we're seeing exactly how long it takes and um what all is involved the more realistic goal is to pull back and do one more book in 2016 do your companion course for will it fly and then do the companion book course for the new book in 2016. Yeah. Well, actually, to clarify, the companion course is the free course that comes with Will It Fly, which is already yes. done. But but the course course, yes. uh, which I had talked about a lot last year that's coming out, that will that Will It Fly will uh, eventually lead into. Um, and it just, you know, when I saw that calendar again, this is the benefit of actually writing things down in, in production schedules. You actually get to see how overly ambitious we are sometimes and unrealistic. Um, you know, that's why I think that, that's why I think this is really important to talk about because, you know, I definitely wanted to accomplish a lot, but, it, you know, I felt like once I saw that, that if I had actually done all those things, they wouldn't be to the quality that I would be happy with. Um, and I would just, everything would be pushed back all the time. So we narrowed it down and, you know, it's still important to have those goals. And now we have a production schedule for the future things that are coming out. Um, and I already have some uh, potential other books in mind and the course is already starting in terms of production and outlining and um, so I'm, I'm excited to share all that. But again, just to show you that, you know, you got to you got to be realistic about your goals, uh, too. Um, and then and then somebody had mentioned, I don't know if it was you, Jana or Matt, or, or maybe it was you, Elise, or somebody had mentioned, like, if I had actually done that, it would have been very overwhelming to, to the audience because we have we have to give them time to digest. And, you know, if I had come out with all those things one after another, you know, it would be too much. And 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 I wouldn't give the things that we come out with enough opportunity to to, to be there and be featured. Uh, so, so the, the, those are key things too. And, you know, Matt, is there anything else we're missing in terms of, of the production regarding the marketing aspect of this book? Was there anything that came up that we either got rid of or, or thought about, or maybe something else we did? A couple thoughts come to mind. Uh, one broad one that connection with scheduling, uh, just being a good operations team is knowing that these aren't linear projects with linear schedules. Uh, what hasn't come up is Daniel and his street team, which is a big part of the marketing effort. Mm -hmm. Right. And they need inputs from us. So there's an association, there's a relationship between what the production schedule is in terms of editorial and graphics and, you know, designing the cover and all of these things. Right. Right. And then our ability from a lining up of dates and things to say, okay, Daniel, uh, here's, here are three concepts for the cover and we're going to give exclusive access uh, and preview to those three concepts to the digital street team that has signed up. But we need so much time to produce those. So set the expectation for the street team that they'll receive them on this date. Right. right? right. So there's, there's this sort of almost like double helix effect of like schedules being intertwined with one another. Um, but at least chiefly between the true sort of operational production calendar that, that Jana has led and we talked about, uh, and then a lot of the marketing efforts. So lining up, Hey, when are, when are you going to record the podcast interviews that Elise was managing? And then, Oh, by the way, when are they going to come out? Mm -hmm. Right. One of those, 
um, podcast is going to air for hopefully maximum effect from a marketing standpoint. Right. Uh, what, what else are we doing on social media? And we contributed to a little bit of that uh, in addition to your your personal feed, Pat. Uh, and how are we how are we integrating some marketing efforts there? Again, along with where we are in the process of actually producing uh, the actual product, uh, the book and the elements of the book, the cover design and whatnot else. So being able to homogenize a lot of that planning, that operational planning is uh, essential. Yeah. For and, and we had Daniel on, who is the manager of the launch team, um, last week on the on uh, episode 198. So if you want to hear all about how to set up a launch team and all the ins and outs of that, uh, listen to episode 198. And we'll obviously have that in the show notes here for this episode too. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, he was very much involved with marketing of this as, as we were, but he needed us to do certain things by certain times. And, you know, of course, we had to work together in kind of this little dance that we did. Um, so the marketing team was was very important and they've actually given us a lot of feedback in terms of uh, the cover and, you know, also parts of the manuscript and whatnot as the book was being created. But then let's talk about longevity because a lot of people think about the launch of a book and then that's it. Well, it's not just that. So we had actually come up with a few things that we could do to um, increase the the life of, of this book. And, you know, I can envision, of course, you know, new editions coming, coming down the road, you know, a new edition of the four hour work week came out. Uh, you know, a couple of years later after Tim wrote his book in 2007. So so that's a possibility uh, too. But as far as the content in the book itself, you know, one of the, th one of the things I'm really excited about where everybody on the team is going to get involved is um, actually putting these things into practice and, and showing it. So uh, th there's a few ideas here, and I'm, I'm excited to share this with you guys. I don't think I, I mentioned this yet, but coming later this year, you're going to see actually the strategies and the tactics and, and the process, um, the mythology of Will It Fly?, actually put into play and, and get to see it all happen live. Um, I'm going to be going through the validation process of a brand new business idea similar to what Noah Kagan did with, with Sumo Jerky, getting his community involved. And, and, and I don't think I'm going to try and make $1,000 profit in 24 hours because I don't have access to some of the things that, that he does. But uh, I definitely want to put, put this into play. And more importantly, I want to get others involved too and uh, share success stories of people who have used Will It Fly to validate their products and have that be not just a way for myself to share the success stories, but of course, in, in the big grand scheme of things, a way to remarket Will It Fly over time. Um, and I, I think that's gonna be really exciting. And so, you know, Elise and Jana, we're gonna have to make sure to get on that in terms of scheduling those interviews and trying to come up with a plan to collect those uh, success stories and whatnot. Um, and again, I think this will be a lot of fun to kind of walk people through the book, whether they got it already or not, to see what it's like and um, just to show people you know, what can happen if you, if you actually take action. So, you know, I'm really excited to share all those things. And, you know, we're, we're already at the half hour mark, which is kind of incredible. I can't believe we're already here, but, you know, I know that we all have a lot to do and, you know, thank you guys for taking time out of your day today. I'm curious if we can go down the line one more time with Matt, Jana, and Elise, if, if you maybe have one tip based on your experience working with uh, me and book production and just, you know, your role in SPI and Will It Fly uh, for everybody out there who's listening, do you have one final tip for them to help them as they move forward with their projects, whether it's a book or or anything? Uh, what's what's one tip that you have that they can take with them coming out of this podcast episode? So, Matt, we'll start with you. Awesome. I think that everyone should really embrace the opportunity to build the creative team uh, that's going to be the best for their book. Uh, in, in our case, 
you know, Pat, we are sort of your, your nuclear team um, that, that runs a lot of your productions, but then we are able to augment this team with a lot of specialists, uh, whether that was Azul from, uh, you know, your writing coach and then Daniel for, you know, the street team component. Uh, we amassed the team that needed to be built uh, for this, this very special project uh, for this book. And every author out there uh, in this day and age has that opportunity. Love it. Jana, how about you? I would say just remember to be flexible. And I'm speaking to myself even <laughs> in this tip because as the whip cracker, I'm the least, I'm the one who wants to flex and move deadlines the least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but as soon as you bring other people into the project who are contributing editing, design, formatting, you know, whatever the other components are, those people all have other projects. Our project is not the only project that they're working on. And so we have to be flexible to accommodate their availability and their timetable and um, adjust ours as necessary as the project progresses. Yes. And we've, we, you've been great at that in terms of moving things around. And, you know, some people are late with their deadlines. Some people are early and, and we adjust. And so thank you again for helping to manage it. I think being flexible is just one of the traits that every successful entrepreneur um, and content creators should have. And Elise, let's, uh, let's finish up with a tip from you. Sure. So uh, to Jana's point, there, there's, uh, and as someone who ha always has a lot of irons in the fire, uh, helping uh, a lot of other people manage their tasks, we have this, we have so, we have a wealth of tools available to us. And I would say picking, investing the time to pick the right tool or the project that you're managing is absolutely worth the time and the effort. Something that uh, is going to get universal buy-in from whoever you're, uh, whoever you're creating your, your project with. Um, because nothing is worse than when communication breaks down because uh, of missed messages uh, and things like that. So investing the time to pick the right tools for the job uh, is something that, that I love about Team Flynn, that they always do consistently. Um, it's something that I really, uh, really think plays a big role in the success of your project. Well, that's perfect. Thank you guys uh, again so much for, for coming on and for sharing that information. I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of people who are, you know, as, as we're here in the beginning of the year, it's the start of February now, you know, we're all cranking on our goals. And I think these are really important topics that people should, should consider to incorporate into their own stuff. And hopefully this again reminds you of how amazing it can be when you have a great team who believes in what you do, who supports you and, and shares the same values as you and each of you and everybody else on the team. Uh, you know, the reason why I love you guys so much is because, you know, we're in this for everybody else out there in the audience who uh, needs our help. And so I, I appreciate you guys. Just want to thank you publicly here on SPI. And I'm sure this isn't the last time we're going to hear from you uh, on the show because I think a lot of people enjoy these kinds of episodes. Uh, so as a reminder, if you want to meet some other team members, head on over to episode 138, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 138. You'll hear Matt there and also Mindy and a few other people too. Dustin, my designer, uh, he's he's great. And um, again, thank you guys for coming on. And uh, we'll finish up with, with the ending notes here and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get back to work, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Absolutely. Pat. Absolutely. Thank you, Pat. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt, Jana, and Elise, and of course, there's a number of other people behind the scenes that are helping out with a number of things. Toby, who edits these episodes, and Mindy, who edits Ask Pat, and who does a lot of other producer type stuff, and um, you know, Eric, who does the smart podcast player, and Brian, who makes sure the security is like top notch on the website, and all this other stuff. Like this is this is a great team that we've been able to build over time, and and, and it's definitely happened over time. But more recently, in the past couple of years, actually, a lot of you know. 
I was a solopreneur for the longest time and, and definitely I've seen bigger results as a result of growing my team. And that's something I was just didn't never thought I would do, but now I know I, I would I had to do in order to grow and not just grow to make more money. That's actually a byproduct of growing to serve more people. So if you can think about your business and the growth of it and hiring other people and getting other people involved to help you serve more, if you do that and think about it that way, it's gonna come back at you and reward you with whatever it is that you're you're allowing your audience to to buy and get access to and all the offers that you have for them. And, you know, I feel like with Will It Fly, this book that's come out, you know, it's the start of a number of uh, different things that are happening with this shift from, you know, just kind of scrappy entrepreneur, which is how we all start, of course, to CEO of the business. And it doesn't mean I'm gonna be CEO like you're not gonna see me ever again uh, and kind of just be behind the scenes. No, I'm, I'm CEO, like I'm actually managing this thing in a smarter way and actually providing more value to you. And like Matt and I talked about, it's not just the book and the course that's coming out later in the year, but it's also the new version of the website and all that's gonna do to better serve you because I've learned from you in the survey that we did last year that I just wasn't doing my best. And so I've, I've, I've really made that shift. I turn on the CEO switch. I've been learning from a lot of people who've been really, really taking their businesses to the 10X level and that, that's what I wanna do. But I wanna 10X my serving to you. How do I serve you? Well, I wanna 10X that because I know if I can 10X the way I serve you, what I get back might even be greater than that. And, and that's where I'm coming from with Will It Fly. That's where I'm coming from with the course that's coming out and all the other things that are gonna be happening. And uh, that that's where my heart is and and, and um, that's, that's what I hope you guys see too. So thank you all so much for your support. I appreciate you and, and everything that you do to help me help you. So if you wanna check it out, willitflybook.com is the place to go to check out the first of a series of things that are happening to better serve you here on SPI. Again, that's willitflybook.com. Thank you all so much for the reviews and the comments. A lot of you who had early access to the book are already leaving great comments and uh, honest honest feedback on, on Amazon. And man, it's just, it's just insane where it's at now. So thank you guys so much. Love you guys. And I look forward to serving you in the next episode where it's episode 200. And actually, I'm not gonna make a huge deal out of the 200. I mean, it is a huge deal. 200 episodes is, is a lot of episodes, a lot of hours um, of recording and, and editing and whatnot. But we're gonna get into some really high quality content that is um, brand new stuff, actually. We're gonna talk about blog auditing and auditing the content that you have on your website. And by audit, I mean actually deleting a lot of it stuff that's not relevant anymore. And we're gonna get into that with somebody who has done it himself and has actually deleted a third of his content and as a result, increased his traffic 3X over. He's tripled his traffic by deleting a third of his content. And this isn't just, you know, the, the, you'll hear all about it next week. It's, it's a great episode. It's actually, uh, I heard this person speak. He's actually in a mastermind group with me. I was there to uh, record him give this presentation at FinCon last year and the content was so good that I had to have him come on the show and share it. So Todd Tresseter from financialmentor.com is gonna be on the show next week in episode 200. And again, I'm not gonna do this huge big deal about the episode being 200 and have like 200 guests come on and talk about the top 200 tips that I learned from 200 years of you know blogging. Or, uh, but we're just gonna get into some good stuff. You know, 200, we're gonna start off with uh, the, the the next 100 with a bang and some some high quality stuff that, that will help, definitely help you out. So look forward to that next week. Until then, thank you all so much again. One more time, willitflybook.com. Also, I wanna take a quick moment just to thank you. 
I don't know if you realize this, but you've had, you, the listeners, have made a massive impact on the direction of where smart passive income has gone. Uh, as a result of you, I've been interviewing certain guests that you've recommended. As a result of uh, your recommendations, I've been tackling different topics that are, that are of high interest to you. Uh, in addition to that, I created a brand new podcast called Ask Pat, which you may have heard of before. And on that show, I answer voicemail questions from you as well. You can actually check that out at askpat.com. But that wouldn't happen if it wasn't for you. Obviously, Ask Pat, there needs to be questions in addition to my answers in order to make that show success, and, and I'm so thankful that uh, it's there, and, and I have you to thank for that. I also have you to thank for pushing me to create some online courses to help you through a number of the, of the different problems and pains that you might be having with your online business, uh, the, the scaling of it, just even the start and the process of it. Um, even though there's a lot of great free information here via the podcast, I know, and I know this from my own experience as well, courses can be life-changing because you you purchase a course and you are just in that mindset of actually doing that thing that that course tells you to, to do. And I have a number of different courses available to you if that's the kind of thing you need in order to actually finally start getting results and taking action so i know a number of you have already taken action which is fine like i'm not trying to push these courses on you but they are there and available for those of you who would much prefer to get that targeted information and the accountability and the hand-holding through those processes so if you want to check out and see all the courses that are available to you all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com courses that's a page that's going to continually grow over time as well so keep checking back smartpassiveincome.com courses I look forward to uh, to hopefully seeing you there. Thanks so much. I appreciate you. Again, the show notes for this available are at smartpassiveincome.com slash session 199. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in next week's episode. Cheers. Take care. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.